Yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Facts versus Rhetoric. Last episode, we asked an, a very important question on what is causing people to enter a school and start shooting at kids. And when I think about that question, I arrive at drugs as my most likely cause. In my opinion, it is more likely that these shooters are suffering from severe side effects from mind-altering prescription medication. In researching what the authorities have disclosed in the past about the shooter's motives, what I have found has not disproven my hypothesis nor shed any light on why this keeps happening. Over the past 20 years, the FBI has been tasked with finding out more about how to prevent these mass shootings. And the definition that they use of a mass shooting includes an incident with three or more people are killed. Over the past 20 years, what has the FBI determined about what is causing these mass shootings? Motive. What's their motive? When you're trying to catch a criminal, you're looking for motive and opportunity. A reason to do something illegal, followed by a chance to be able to do said illegal thing. I mean, the local police don't have a clue why this keeps happening. Sheriff Joe Lombardo held a press conference after the Las Vegas mass casualty shooting. He said the 10-month investigation had revealed no evidence of conspiracy or a second gunman and that the gunman's motives had not been determined. Lombardo said, quote, what we have not been able to definitely answer is why Stephen Paddock committed this act, end quote. Get the FBI in there. We need some answers. So two years after the Las Vegas shooting, the FBI has no clue why this keeps happening. We get in-depth analysis like this. A report published by the FBI's Behavioral Analysis Unit in January 2019 said, quote, there was no single or clear motivating factor for the shooting. After the Virginia Tech shooting, FBI Behavioral Analysis Supervisor Special Agent Mary Ellen O'Toole said, quote, there is no typical shooter. They don't fall within a set of traits or characteristics. She goes on to say that there may not be a single thing we can do to prevent a mission-oriented person from committing an act of violence. So based on the information coming out from the authorities, they have no idea why. There are no shared traits or characteristics, you know, other than gun ownership. There's nothing they can do to prevent this from happening. Since I was born with a skeptical brain, I have a hard time with what I'm being told. So let me get this straight. The government agencies and employees who are responsible for preventing mass shootings who have unlimited resources, the money, the security clearance, the jurisdiction, like everything you need to get to the bottom of arguably our biggest problem in this country. So the people in charge of preventing the mass shootings say, well, you know, there's no typical shooter. They don't fall into a set of uh, traits or characteristics. There's no single thing that can be done to prevent this. Oh, okay. A couple of quick uh, follow-up questions. If there's nothing that can be done, why are we blaming guns if nothing can be done, why are we blaming guns and not warning the citizens like, hey, you might want to arm yourself because we can't predict or stop mass shootings. You might want to get your license, take a firearms training class, get a background check, buy a firearm, go to the gun range, practice with your firearm, learn how to safely carry your firearm, be vigilant in public, identify the exits when you go to places and game plan if shit goes down. If nothing can be done, why do we give the FBI $10.8 billion of taxpayer money every year? Can nothing be done or is that an excuse given by the people who time after time cannot prevent what they're hired to prevent? When people fail, do they make excuses or take responsibility? When has anyone in government taken responsibility? 
Because this, this shit does not fly in the private sector. If I pay a security company thousands of dollars every year to protect my properties and my house keeps getting broken into, and after each time when I'm like, Jesus, how did this happen? Again and again, and the security company tells me, hey, sorry, Nick, uh, there is no typical burglar. They don't fall within a set of traits or characteristics. There's not a single thing that can be done to prevent a mission-oriented person from breaking into your house. Okay, well, what would you say you do here? Not knowing why or even talking about not knowing why just further exacerbates this political battle over the guns and we're missing the point. The shooting at Sandy Hook has been widely used as a prime example why we need gun control and this gun violence is the problem. A November 2013 report issued by the Connecticut State's Attorney's Office concluded that the Sandy Hook shooter Adam Lanza acted alone and planned his action but provided no indication why he did so or why he targeted the school. Huh, that's pertinent information that we'd like to know. A report issued a year later said that Lanza had Asperger's syndrome and as a teenager had depression, anxiety, and OCD but concluded that these conditions had, quote, neither caused nor led to his murderous acts. Okay, so the shooter had some issues. What, what did his psychiatrist say? Did we interview him? Dr. Paul Fox, the primary psychiatrist for Adam Lanza, did we talk to him and say, hey, what's, what's going on with Adam? What was going on? What would you prescribe him? Well, he couldn't recall because he was knee-deep in three felony counts of sexual assault when he would drug up his 19-year-old patients with, quote, dynamic cocktails of psychiatric drugs to take advantage of and have sex with her. So he couldn't remember what he gave him, and he conveniently burned all his fucking medical records. So you got his criminal psychiatrist can't remember what he gave him. The state refuses to release his medical records in autopsy and toxicology results. So we just, no, no link. And then we get to the Parkland shooting. So when they're sentencing Nicholas Cruz, it all comes out that, whoops, from a very young age, the state of Florida was providing mental health treatment to the shooter. According to court testimony, he was first put on Stratera when he was just seven years old. And the following is a list of what is known about his treatment. And what's missing and was absent from the testimony during his freaking trial is, ah, the serious adverse events associated with each of these drugs. And also the increased adverse events when taken as a cocktail. See, we, we always look at these individual side effects of these drugs. They don't even know what happens when you take these drugs with other drugs. They don't fucking study that. So the Parkland shooter was on one, two, three, four, five, six different drugs. And those drugs individually can cause serious side effects that range from anxiety, sudden outbursts, mental mood behavior changes, agitation, aggression, aggressive behavior, abnormal thoughts, drug dependency, psychiatric problems, irritability, insomnia, nightmares, delusional perception, hallucinations, mental depression, and vivid dreams. Again, that's each of those. They don't even know what happens when you combine all of those. Let me ask you a question. Do you think it dulls the aggressive behavior or the hallucinations? Or do you think it ramps it up when you stop putting six fucking drugs together? The state of Florida's behavioral health vendor, Henderson, that's the company that gave this kid all the drugs, didn't even have to answer for this cocktail of psychiatric drugs that, this, that the shooter was placed on since the age of seven. In fact, Henderson still has a very profitable contract with the state of Florida to provide, quote, treatment to children in the Department of Children and Family Services. According to Henderson's financial statement in 2019, 80% of the organization's total revenue 
came from three places, the state of Florida, Department of Child and Family Services, from Broward County, and from Medicaid Revenue. So if the Parkland shooter is any indication of the success of the mental health program he was in, maybe we get to ask some questions. Henderson's contract is more than $52 million. Hey, Nick, what did you say about motive and opportunity? Well, motive is why someone would break the law. Now, some may say $52 million contract would be motive, and, and some would also say that providing treatment to children would be opportunity, but whatever. The financial report makes a powerful point illustrating its need for the continued financial support from the state, stating if there is a, quote, significant change in the funding from the government entities, it could have an adverse effect on the organization's operation, end quote. This is what they always do. Hey, if you stop giving us government money, we can't help these kids that we're giving all the drugs to that's fucking them up. And one can only wonder if the high stakes of losing a $52 million state contract with some Medicare revenue mixed in is the reason the media would have us focus on the changing of the makeup of the jury, right? Versus getting to the bottom of the state's role in drugging the Parkland mass murderer Nicholas Cruz. According to BuzzFeed News, from 2010 to 2016, Broward County Sheriff's deputies responded to at least 36 emergency 911 calls from the Cruz home. 36 911 calls in six years. In the same time, during the 36 emergency 911 calls, the Florida state vendor, Henderson Behavioral Health, was overseeing the treatment of Cruz, ultimately prescribing at least six mind-altering drugs, some not even approved for children by the FDA. And the official statement in the report in the aftermath of the fucking Parkland shooting was, yeah, um, we deemed Nicholas not to be a threat to anyone or himself at the present time. The sentencing of Cruz failed to have Henderson Behavioral Health explain its determination that Cruz was not a harm to himself or others. Right, the, the doctors that prescribe all these drugs to these kids never have to answer for the kids' actions. They, yeah, he was fine. Not the drugs, not me. Keep moving on, move along, nothing to see here. And you start looking into this shit and you're like, at least 14 recent school shootings were committed by those taking or withdrawing from psychiatric drugs. There have been 109 wounded people and 58 people killed by these fucking guys. There are also 10 additional recent murder and murder suicides resulting in 43 dead and 37 wounded. It's not like we don't have countless studies tying psychiatric drugs to violence and homicide. Psychiatric drugs are mind-altering chemicals designed to alter emotions, behavior, and thinking processes. Like, God, I keep saying this shit out loud, and it sounds crazier and crazier every time I do. It's like, we're surprised that a person that is taking drugs that alter their mind, their chemicals in their brain, they alter them, their emotions, their behavior, their thinking, all get altered by these fucking chemicals. And we're surprised that they do what they do. And then we don't even look at that as maybe a cause. Man, that's weird. It's just, just been countless fucking warnings and studies in eight countries and this and that. There's, there's over 29,936 adverse events reported to the U.S. FDA in connection with psychiatric drugs, violence, hostility, aggression, and physical assault and suicide. Again, it's not like we don't know. 
So the question ultimately is whether there is a commitment to actually finding out why these mass shootings are occurring. And to get those answers, appropriate questions must be asked of those in the mental health business who are impacting the lives of the children. The relationship between psychiatric drugs and mass shootings needs to be explored in good faith. The relationship between the state and mental health vendors and, and multi-million dollar contracts needs to be explained. Like we said in the last episode, if you feel strongly about this issue and you want to fight for change, if you want to fight for the victims and their families, then I would suggest you start by looking into the most likely suspect with motive and opportunity. Everywhere I look, Big Pharma is making the profits. Law enforcement just can't find a link. Doctors are handing out prescriptions like it's a fucking episode of Oprah, you know, because they either want to bang their drug rep or get Super Bowl tickets. The kids are not acting like themselves, you know, as a result of the mind-altering drugs that they're given. And the parents, the adults in the room, we're all fighting with each other over fucking guns. The gun debate is worth having. However, it should be separate from the school shooting mass murder problem. You know, until it's proven that the, just the mere sight of a gun triggers a kid's brain to break and they just want to use them on their friends. Right? So until then, think about this. Even if you remove all the guns in the world, you still have psychotic kids running around wanting to hurt people. Yeah, but Nick, they won't have guns, so, you know, problem solved. Okay, then what? They start bringing bow and arrows to school? Oh, we'll just ban them. Then they bring axes? We'll ban those too. How about knives? Ban them. Sharp stick? Ban those. What about a rock? Ban them. Do you see the problem with treating the symptom and not looking at the actual cause? It feels to me like these mind-altering drugs might be very effective in altering the minds of kids. Altering them in a way that the drug companies freaking warn us about. They, 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 they tell you. This might cause your kid to get fucked up and not be himself, get a little angry, have suicidal thoughts. They didn't make that shit up. They have to tell you that because it actually fucking happens. It happened enough to enough people where they are required by law to fucking warn you about them. The truth is always hiding in plain sight. We just need to stop fighting each other over how to cure some symptom and maybe just unite on finding the cause and curing it. I want to leave you today with a testimony from Sheila Matthews, who's a co-founder of Able Child, which is a national nonprofit parent organization with over 25,000 members. Their mission is full informed consent and the right to refuse psychotic drugs and services. Able Child is funded by parents. They don't take any money from any special interest groups. Sheila says, quote, drugging children with psychiatric drugs linked to psychotic episodes, aggression and violence, drugs which are many times not even approved for use in children, is clearly not working. More subjective mental health screening tools to target innocent children can only lead to more carnage. It is a shame that the facts in this mass murder suicide investigation have eluded the state police and governor's office. The media that relies heavily on advertising dollars from the pharmaceutical industry lends little help in getting this critical information out to the public. As legislators, this doesn't mean shifting the blame to more gun control 
or to too little mental health services. Able Child has sat on the Behavioral Health Oversight Committee in Connecticut, in which we've been advocating full informed consent relating to psychiatric drugs linked to dangerous side effects. We have promoted the MedWatch program for over 13 years. Your failure to act without questioning psychiatric drug side effects and their links to mass shooting is unexcusable and this failure will continue to cost our children's lives, end quote. Again, that was Sheila Matthews, co-founder of Able Child, who was testifying in front of the Connecticut State Legislature after the Parkland shooting. 